How are you feeling? Are you feeling okay? I'm okay. I might be coughing a little bit, but I'll try to <laughs> not do that in the mic. Okay. On the reel, though, I'm so glad you showed up when you did because right before you got here, I started choking on water, and I was too polite and too Welsh <clears throat> to... I, I was so preoccupied with getting any of it. I didn't want to spit any of it on the sound equipment. So I was keeping it all in and I started to violently choke. And suddenly I realized that this booth is soundproof and <laughs> no one was hearing me choking. And I just got this really intense thought of like, oh, no. <laughs> this is how I die <coughs> from over polite choking oh, to death a in a soundproof choke. booth, a Welsh choke. Oh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now you're here, and so if I choke again... I'll notice. You'll Unless know. we both choke. I mean, my God, what a way to go. If you have to go somehow, <laughs> it's not a bad way to go. Do you have questions or concerns, fear, deep fears about what's about to happen? Do you have... What, what's going on? Because when the first time I came in here, I wanted to vomit because the recording booth was intimidating and I didn't want to, my mouth got very dry and I couldn't swallow anymore. Um, <clears throat> I'm scared that I'm going to ruin the audio with like my coughing or in noises <clears throat> other than talking. I mean, I would say, I would say don't cough directly into the <laughs> microphone. I would say... Um, I would say even if it costs you your life to just keep it in. Okay. Um, but if you violate my trust and you cough anyway, then I would say that I can edit that out okay. and we'll just go back. Sounds and, good. But but when you, we go back, you have to say what you said believably naturally <laughs> as if it's the first time you've ever said it. Right. And so help me. If your delivery that. is not believable. I can do that. You're dead to me. Okay, I'm going to do this and then I'm never going to look at you again. Okay. I'm Katie Heisen and welcome to You're Too Much, the podcast where I ask people to get overly honest with me. Today I'm with Emila Tietza, light of my life, lover of my soul. We used to work in the same office together and talking and joking about mental health with Emila is, was really the only thing keeping me sane. Yeah, same. And then uh, you left, so it's been I wild. Did. I did leave you. I left you. How's your mental health been since I left? Probably deteriorating. Probably. <laughs> but um, let's not slow down and think about it. Well, yeah, no, no, no. Just Can't ever slow down. Keep going. Just never slow down. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. God forbid. God forbid. Um, can I start with a very easy <clears throat> question? Please. How d how do you summarize your mental health suitcase when you talk to people? Do you talk do you talk <laughs> about it to people and if you do how do you sum it up in a nutshell? Okay. So I have started talking about it with people more because I found that very helpful. Mm -hmm. And the more you talk about it, the more you realize that everybody has their own suitcase that uh they're carrying around with them. <laughs> so I typically describe myself as having high functioning, whatever that means, um, <laughs> anxiety, and a type of depression that is called dystymia, which most people are not familiar with. But it's basically kind of like a low-grade chronic depression instead of having 
significant like lows and then back to kind of a baseline and then more significant lows. So it's kind of just like a <laughs> low at all time kind of situation. Uh, can I ask you an incredibly <clears throat> stupid question? Sure. But but like feel free to resent me after I ask it. Okay. Um, do you do you like that better? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like witches? Witches? Do you, like if you had to pick one or the other? Um, I feel like it's easier to handle something when it is your everyday reality versus going along quote-unquote fine and then having depressive episodes so I feel like it might be easier this way but it also might suck more this way (laughs) Hmm. really a win a win-win win-win yeah a win-win lose-lose lose-lose-lose yeah um how long has that been going on for I was officially diagnosed when I was Hmm. A sophomore in high school, so at that at this point, that is probably six years ago, maybe. I can't you do that. So I am a baby. I keep forgetting because you're so cool. I'm not. Cool. But then I look at that radiant <laughs> dewy skin, and I remember that you've got your whole life ahead of you. Not not that cool. Wow, six years ago. Okay, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. It's fine. We'll move forward. Um, Maybe like eight years ago. Or let's call it 12. Yeah, um, doesn't matter. Time is irrelevant. <laughs> We're peers. Social okay. construct. Great. Um, can you describe what it's <clears throat> like on a day-to-day? Like, just what is it generally like to have that combo of... You said dysthymia, mm-hmm. depression, and high-functioning anxiety. Mm, I feel like the best way to describe the depression is that things aren't, like, things are always kind of gray. And most people can think back and say, like, yeah, I remember, like, I was, ha- like, this made me happier. Like, I was happy at this point. But with dysthymia, you're like, well, I remember probably I was happy before, but I can't pinpoint that. Like, looking back, Mm -hmm. there's nothing colorful that stands out. It's just kind of all like a gray landscape. But then combined with the anxiety, I guess in some ways the anxiety is what makes me a productive person. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Because if it were just the depression, I feel like it'd suck a little bit more. <laughs> With anxiety, it just sucks in a little bit of a different way where, like, yeah, I can be down, but, like, I'm still doing things and I'm still going to work and I'm still getting good grades and I'm still whatever Fueled the thing by is. fear. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you, like, are you glad that something is fueling you to keep doing and getting things done? Or would you like ditch it if you could? Oh, that's a yikes question. Yikes, (laughs) yikes. I think that if I didn't have something pushing me to keep going and it were just the depression, I would just be more likely to stop and I think that with any kind of depression is like the scary part right like 
if you're distracting yourself and if you're doing all of these things, it's fine. But then the moment you're not doing something or the moment you are alone with your thoughts, then it becomes scarier. You know how... Okay. (laughs) We share a counselor. Yeah. Because you can never share too much. No. And we truly share... We also share doctor <laughs> it's fine it's a normal it's a normal relationship normal. we're not codependent <laughs> but okay so our counselor's the greatest counselor in the whole wide world in the entire world she might not want to be name dropped so we'll just call her Dr. Bearline Bance Pearls <laughs> and um she's always telling me to <laughs> to stop and feel my feelings but if you have just dist- how do you turn that into an adjective? Dystemic? If you have dystemian, dystemian yes. depression, then is stopping and feeling your feelings not helpful because there's, like, is it just part of your life? Like, there's nothing you can do to get out of it so it doesn't help to stop? All very good questions. Um... I don't know. I feel like I I have never gone to a psychiatrist. So maybe I'm doing this all wrong and maybe a psychiatrist would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, if you just take a couple of these pills, you'll be <laughs> right as rain. Or I, I assume that's how that works. That's rain. definitely how it works. Yeah, totally. But um, in one of my recent sessions with the counselor who shall not be named. Boctor. Boctor. Bearline. Bance Pearls. <laughs> Bance Pearls, yes. <laughs> um, she presented that kind of same question where she was like, well, you know, I think we should um, try and see if we can, like, separate the two out, but not separate everything out to where... You stop being productive. We separate high-functioning anxiety from dystymia. We can just call it depression. No, I want to get this. I want to get this right. (laughs) Dystymia. Dystymia. Yeah. Depression. Yeah. Okay. I really want to make it an adjective. I I feel like it's a compound noun, and the grammar, the grammar of your lifelong struggle is really bothering me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I usually don't name it. Oh, okay. Because. Then I fall down that same rabbit hole. Okay. So we'll just call it Dee Dee. Dee Dee. Yes. Um, yeah. So trying to see. Uh, today we had a very interesting conversation where the question that came up is how much of my identity is tied to overworking. Oh. And my God. <laughs> if I stop that, who will I be as a person? So t- try to separate all of these strands out and see wow. which ones will make me break as a human. Oh, oh. So she's, so, okay. Hmm. <laughs> to try to see which ones you can, like, work on without totally mm-hmm. unraveling. Yeah, yeah. But she thinks that's fun. She's like, but who are you? Like, why don't we find out? Dr. Burles always thinks everything is fun, and it's not fun. <laughs> not fun. It's hard. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I've got a lot of questions, and now I'm getting overwhelmed by my questions. So I want to I wanna back up. Okay. You got diagnosed 
six years ago. Right. Cripes. But... Maybe eight, maybe eight. But it was going on longer than that. Looking back, I think I can realize that it's something that I've probably had my entire life in different degrees or in different stages, but... Yeah, I think looking back, I would say that it's been going on for as long as I remember having a conscience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love your phrasing. <laughs> um, you're you're f- from the Bosnian Muslim community. <clears throat> your yes. parents left Bosnia during the war. Am I getting yes. that right? Yes, my parents. Um, so war in the Balkan region. They escaped to Germany. And that is where my brother and I were born. And then when I was about four or five and my brother was like three years old, we came to America. So what are the conversations around mental health like in the Bosnian Muslim community? Pretty much non-existent. Um, They still have very, I don't want to say the word archaic, but... Archaic views. You heard it here. No, you <laughs> heard it here first, folks. Um, very archaic views of like uh, what one might consider stereotypical, like depression of like not leaving the bed, like hysterics, like that kind of depression. Whereas at least you know more and more, <laughs> it, that is not the case yeah, here. Not Amila flavored, <laughs> high functioning. Yeah, working two unnecessary jobs. Right. In grad school. Yeah, not that flavor. So the conversations really don't exist. Or when you say it, people people do the thing like, oh, have you heard? She has depression. <laughs> In that kind of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So h- how did you begin to get vocabulary around it or even understand it enough <clears throat> to start seeking help? Because you got a diagnosis in high school. Mm-hmm, yeah. So um, my diagnosis came from a series of what one might call psychosomatic symptoms that began as... <laughs> Katie's laughing because... You're smiling. <laughs> this is very out of context. I'm going to sound like a monster. <laughs> No one's ever said psychosomatic cuter than Amila just did in this recording booth. <laughs> Put that on my resume. Um, basically, when I was in high school, um, I was having these weird shivers that I explained to people as, you know, when you have to pee and you get that pee shiver. That's what was happening to me, but all the time. And my parents were concerned, as they should be, because it looked like I was having many seizures, like... Sure, casual. Yeah, super casually. Just as long as they're casual, it's fine. Um, <laughs> casually. It's all about your attitude. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Rebrand. <laughs> um, and they took me to see a doctor, and the doctor was like, well, I don't know, which I honestly, this is unrelated, but I think doctors may be a scam. But <laughs> Hot take. Uh, you heard it here. Doctors just kidding. Are a scam. Just kidding. I believe Except medical for professionals. Dr. Yeah, she's the only one <laughs> that is real. Um, no, so they took me or referred me to a neurologist who did a lot of tests and the neurologist was like your brain's fine which some people would beg to differ but (laughs) um it was actually a nurse who while I was either getting ready for the 
um, neurology testing or I don't remember at what point, but she was like, oh, well, are you like anxious or stressed? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) duh, (laughs) yes. And she was like, oh, well, like, are you depressed? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. I'm like kind of sad sometimes, but maybe. And so she was the one who uh, noticed. Yeah. So, you know, I heart the nurses. The true MVPs. True MVPs. Well, do you think if you hadn't been (laughs) shivering, Mm -hmm. like how long would it have taken you to get help? Probably a while. Um, So basically when that all happened, I saw, um, I think actually she was a psychiatrist, but I saw somebody for a few sessions, like like handful of sessions, um, because this was still in Jacksonville where my family is. And I was driving back and forth from Gainesville to Jacksonville, and it was kind of one of those situations where I was like, oh, there's a name for this. I'm good. Like, we have a name. I know what it is. Now I'll be fine. Now I'm (laughs) cured, which is not how the world works. Um, But then I stopped seeing her, and it actually wasn't until um, probably end of college that I made an appointment with another counselor after that. So I think that had the shivers not been a factor, it probably wouldn't have been until like two or three years ago that I reached out to somebody again. Hmm. What happened two or three years ago? So I have always been A, a hypocrite, and B, a super big proponent oh. of mental health <laughs> awareness. I love self-awareness. Self-awareness. Um, and I had some friends who, you know, were um, going through similar things, and I was encouraging them to see, you know, a therapist or a counselor or whoever. Um, but I, the hypocrite part comes in here. I hadn't <laughs> done that. Um, since the first one Um, and then it was the more I talked to friends and the more that you know I did research and the more that I talked to people about it the more that I realized that like okay it's time to bite the bullet and it's time to take my own advice and go talk to somebody about Mm this Um, feel free not to answer this how come how come no medication So I feel like I'm already on a lot of, not a lot of medication. I'm on some medication for other things like my thyroid and whatever else. Um, And I feel like I should, I don't know, check out all my options before making that decision. And I know there's, and this is not everybody's experience, but I've had a few friends who have had to go through a long journey to figure out the right medicine, the right dosage, the right, you know, whatever. And I don't know if I have a good baseline support right now with like counseling and with everything else Mm -hmm. to be able to do that journey. And that's mainly just because, I mean, the grad school thing and the work thing and things are just very busy right now that I'm not willing to kind of throw a whole wrench in that operation Mm -hmm. until things settle down a little bit. But would you say (laughs) that 
you keep yourself that busy? Yikes, yikes, yeah. <laughs> I'll take my copay. <laughs> Sign a check over right now. Uh, probably. There's probably a part of me that, that does. Um, but as I have now started seeing, uh, what did you call her? Bachter Bo- Baraline Bansperls. Yes. Um, our, MD. No, that's not, <laughs> that's I'm not that's the, surely that's not, not the right letters. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> spitting factual errors left and right. But since no one will ever be able to locate no. her on the internet anyway, <laughs> I can make up whatever I want. Um, I think that, you know, having started seeing her, um, she's... I don't want to use the word God casually. <laughs> so I won't. We're 100% serious. <laughs> 100% serious. God. Um, but she is really good at what she does, so I'm hopeful that um, she's going to fix me. Sure, that's what you paid them for. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the co-pays for. Um, and that that will get me in a place where I can maybe consider that if she tells me to do so. Yeah, I'll do whatever she <laughs> whatever says. Whatever she says. Uh, <laughs> I forgot to tell you that she said she wanted to listen to the podcast. Yikes. <laughs> it's fine. It's hey, fine, Doc. It's fine. Bach. Bach. Um, <clears throat> pull it together. Can you just, can you just list out everything <laughs> you're anxious about right now? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Well, just I, take me through a good classic spiral. Classic spiral. Let's start start off strong. I took today off of work because I'm feeling sick, but that is making me stress stress out about all of the emails that I didn't get to. Mm-hmm. And also, next week is a, uh, you know, promo for International Education Week. Um, next week is International <laughs> Education Week, so we have lots of events going on. So I have lots of emails. But I'm also going to a conference this weekend into next week, and I have not finished presentation for that conference, so I have to do that tomorrow because that's what's due. But I also have to plan for a luncheon that I have not planned for for next week while I'm not there, and um. That more workplace virus at the moment. I also have an assignment for school that I was supposed to not start That I should turn in probably soon. So it sound, it all sounds productivity related. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. So that's I'm not trying to psychoanalyze you. That's not the purpose of it's this. It's okay. Podcast. This was actually uh, last session with uh, Bachter Caroline <laughs> Van Earls. <laughs> you said I you said can't it. give her real name away. Um Earls. Well, because I just, I tend to spiral, I spiral in increasing levels where it like starts out about something concrete, like, oh, I have a deadline for this thing. And somehow by the end of my spiral, it's like, my life will be meaningless. I, you know what I mean? I just really ratchet it up. I think if we go on for a little bit longer with that spiral, that's probably what it would turn into. But mostly you're like in the day-to-day anxiety. Yeah. You hmm. gotta limit it somewhere. You gotta. <laughs> I like just a good old, just good old fashioned deadline anxiety. Yeah. Hmm. Um. How do you cope? I'm wondering, especially with depression or when things are hitting you really hard mm-hmm. or you're having a really hard anxiety situation. I'm sure there's a word for that. Um. What do you What do you do to cope and keep going? Well, it depends on, I guess, the severity of the, I don't know, episode or attack or whatever you want to call Situation. it. Situation. Situation. <laughs> um, sometimes, I mean, I think 
both a pro and a con of like living with it for so long is sometimes you're just like, which again, I'm pretty sure all counselors were telling me not to do this, but sometimes I'm just like, can't deal with this now. We'll panic later. Like right now we're doing this thing in front of us. We're going to finish it. We'll <laughs> panic when the time comes, which again, probably not recommended. Uh, nine out of 10 <laughs> professionals would disagree. Um, and then sometimes it's, I don't know, too much that that doesn't really work. And in those situations, I mean, if I'm at home, I probably just go cry about it in bed and, you know, fall asleep and the next day hope that it's reset itself. Classic. Good. Classic moves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then if it's at work, that's a bit trickier. Um, that flashback to last week definitely had an anxiety attack at work. Uh, so Whose office did you run? Oh, wait, you temporarily have your own. I temporarily have my own office with a glass <gasps> door, so it doesn't Perfect. really help. Mm-hmm. Illusion of seclusion. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, well, I tried going to our shared friend. Again, we share everything. Carolyn's <laughs> office, but she was not there at the moment. Not our counselor. Not our, not counselor. our counselor, Baroline. A different Carolyn. <laughs> yes. Um, so I went to our other shared friend, Amanda, <laughs> and I told her, I think my exact words are, hi, I can't breathe and my heart is beating very, very fast and I like don't know attack. what's happening. A little bit different because with a panic attack, I usually can't breathe, mm-hmm. but this was just my heart was racing very, very fast. You experience both varieties. Yes. Um, panic attacks, I've had fewer. Like, I can count on one hand how many panic attacks I've had because, like, I hyperventilate. Mm-hmm. Um, but with anxiety attacks, I feel more like my chest is, like, constricted mm-hmm. and I can't breathe so, like, like that. So, like, which do you like better? <laughs> so, if I had to choose. <laughs> um, so, anyway, Amanda was a sweetheart and she um, walked over me back over to my office and just had a chat about something unrelated until my breathing calmed down. Hmm. Yeah, so it was very nice. Like a fake conversation? Because when I'm I'm having a panic (laughs) or anxiety attack, um, I'll be like still talking to people as if I'm present and I'm not absorbing a word they're saying. I'm just hoping that everyone coasts through it until I'm done. No, it was more like she was just being very calming. I don't remember even what we were talking about, but she was just being very calming, like very, Mm. you know relaxed and I think that tricked my brain mm, but Amanda way to be <laughs> um what's the most helpful thing that people can do for you when you're either what both when your anxiety spiraling and then when you're just having a real bad depressive episode like how do you wish that people showed up for you hmm. without you having to ask um I think that the best I don't know, the situations where I felt like it's been handled like the best are with those friends who are familiar, have had their own struggles, shall Can't we relate. say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and who, um, I don't know, kind of ask, you know, what do you need? Do you want a distraction? Do you want a vent? Do you want a hug? Do you want, you know, like, what do you need in this moment? Because it varies for me from moment to moment, from anxiety attack to depressive episode mm. to whatever the case may be. Do you be. like being asked? 
I wish people would read my mind. Well, I wish people would read my mind, but in the absence of any true psychics, Mm -hmm. um, I prefer that instead of people assuming what Mm. I would want or need. I get very angry when people assume and very (laughs) mad when they don't just know. Yeah. So, (laughs) win-win situation. Um, What's the least helpful thing that, I guess, other than assuming, what's the least helpful thing that people do? I just hate when people, like... The body language you're emoting in this booth is a lot. I feel like the soundproofing is, is absorbing the body language. Yes, that the tension. The shade that Amelia is throwing all over this booth right now. I don't know how to phrase this. I think uh, I know it comes from a good place. But <laughs> when people just start treating you as if you're, like, going to, A, break, yes. or B, like, when you say hey, I am have, like, I'm not having a good day. Like, my depression's really bad today. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, like, oh, are, are you okay? Like, hey, no, I'm never okay. <laughs> That's the whole yeah. point of this. <laughs> um, but B, like, it's fine. And it, to be fair, like, I've been dealing with it my whole life. Mm-hmm. They have known about it for 0.5 seconds. Mm-hmm. So I get it. But also, <laughs> I, I promise I won't break. That, the, so that's the whole like premise behind this podcast, though. Uh, part of it is that people get the people who actually go through the stuff wind up managing the emotions of everyone who yes. doesn't. And it's like, why you wind up hand holding? It's like, no, no, it's fine. Making it's them fine. feel better yeah. about your dystemia depression. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a lot. Um, okay. Don't be embarrassed, but you, one of the things that super strikes me about you is, okay, I feel like it's going to come across as cheesy. Can't wait. Brace yourself. Please compliment me. You are are one of the most resilient people I know, and just your ability to endure and keep going, and not even in the unhealthy coping way, which we both do, but in, like, the nice way of, of, like, you keep getting up, you keep choosing to live your life, you are a really good friend to the people around you, like, you manage to somehow care about stuff, which with depression is really hard to do. So I'm wondering where your, your motivation or your hope or, like, what gets you up to keep going and keep choosing to live your life when it's felt great for so long? Well, thank you for all of the nice things. (laughs) Um, I think it's part of it, probably a lot of it comes from that. And I mean, you share some of these same experiences with like coming from a family of immigrants like nobody really has a choice in those situations you know you do what you have to do because you have to do it mm-hmm. like you know just because i am very very sad or very very anxious does not mean that the bills are going to stop coming in <laughs> or that work is going to like magically keep going the way that it you know you are channeling well, the spirit of your ancestors. Spirit right now. of my ancestors, who are all farmers, and none of this would apply to them. 
Mine are, well, family's all farmers too. Oh, twins. But they're like, the sheep are not going to shear themselves. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the cow's got to be milked. Like, I guess. You're depressed. So I don't think you can leave yeah. it. I, you're either happy shearing the sheep or you're depressed shearing the sheep. But the, the sheep, sheep are need to be sheared. Get sheared. It's a cute tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, part of it comes from that mentality where, you know, it's life's going to keep going. And maybe if you keep going with it, eventually it'll stop sucking as much. Mm. That Put that on a motivational poster <laughs> <laughs> with a cat hanging from a tree branch. <laughs> Just keep hanging on and maybe, and maybe it'll suck it'll less suck one less. day. Um, is there anything that you would tell somebody in the same position who maybe like hasn't you pre you starting to do all the work on this what would you tell that person I think I would tell that person that sometimes you can check off all of the right boxes and do all of the things you're supposed to do and it's still gonna suck and no combination of doing all of these things is going to be a magical cure or a magical, you know, fix it all potion. But if you keep doing the things, then eventually you'll meet people who will make it easier, who will, you know, share some of that burden. And, you know, it's not going to be perfect, but it'll be pretty great. And if that fails... Get yourself on the waiting list for a little boctor named Baraline <laughs> Pants Pearls because I'm pretty sure we're halfway fixed. Yeah, I'm basically. <laughs> uh, is there anything that you wish that I asked or anything that you w- would want to clarify? I can't think of anything. Um well, but your high-functioning anxiety, tomorrow morning, you'll wake up yeah, in a cold sweat. Yeah, and I'll text sweat. you, and we'll have to re-record this entire thing. <laughs> 20 years from now, you'll be in the shower, and you'll go, oh, Why God. didn't I say this? Um, I do want to say I do actually believe in medical science. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, I'm going to edit that last part out um, Okay, great. Amila believes in medical science. Um, no other science. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'll have you know that I am going to um, possibly tack on a segment at the end of this in which I demand that our friend, Bera Bilder, um, I'm going to call the segment Fix Us, and I'm <laughs> going to demand that she takes all her years of training and experience and education and in five minutes cure us. I would love that. So I'll work on getting that. Okay. Um, also for free. I'm going <laughs> to make her do it for free. Um, so I'll come back to you with that. And yeah. If, That'll be great. Yeah. All of the therapist friends. Yeah. Fix us. Fix us. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, friends. I love you, friend. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. At the tone, please record your message. Hey, Sarah. Um, I was just calling because I have a very intellectual 
a podcast. And on an episode I was about to release, I told someone with depression and anxiety that um, you could fix them in a minute or less. I was just hoping to get your um, your quick fix that I'm sure that you learned in graduate school um, over the phone. Um, so I guess call me back. <laughs>